Hey, welcome back to the Second Place Church Second Podcast, where we are crazy passionate about inspiring and empowering you to pursue putting Jesus, home, and others first in your life. We know that your life can change, you belong, and most of all, your story matters. If you're new with us, we release a new second podcast every single week, and if this is helpful to you, we would really love it if you could share it, rate it, whatever you can to get it to help us get out there and give us some visit, some visibility. If you like more information about us, you can head on over to secondplacechurch.com. That's all spelled out, no numbers. That site will open you up to everything happening at Second Place and even in the community of Moni, Illinois, the epicenter of progressive culture. My name is AP, and I am here with Danielle. I don't know how to say your last name. Kowalski. It's Polish, it's I'm assuming, right? nothing like that, but yes. Very Polish. Because the very pr- so the pronounced W is very, pronounced as a V. Yeah, I think if I was in Poland, it'd be Kowalewski. Gotcha. Because like, it's really funny because not nobody realizes that I'm Polish because I have the most Polish last name, mm. but people don't realize it. But then when I meet somebody who's actually from Poland and they see my last name, they're like, "Paluk, you must be from <laughs> Poland." Um. I'm not from Poland, <laughs> but my ancestors yes. are. I know when they came great, here, too. Great, great, great grandpa was, you know. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, you, do you know when you guys came to I America? I think I'm fourth generation. Yeah. Yeah, because my, gra- yeah, my fourth generation. Yeah. But, you know, you're so Americanized by this point. The only thing I knew how to say in Polish, I shouldn't say on air. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's and call. it was grandma yelling at me when yeah. I did something bad. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I uh yeah. I, I I know one one Polish word which is dupa which is Polish for butt. But and yeah. some of it had it had a derogatory version of I'm gonna spank yeah. your butt in Polish. Yes. That's what I know how to say. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm good uh, what am I? I think I, I think I'm fourth generation too because right uh, great grandparents came here through Staten Island and then my grandparents were here. That would make you third born, third generation. Third born. Okay, so I'm third generation. Because yeah. I think you start. I think you start counting from the first people that were born here. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm third generation then. Yeah. And then on my mom's side, I, I actually can trace back my middle name, because I got my middle name from Uncle Paul, who never had any kids. Mm-hmm. Well, he never had any biological kids. He did get uh, married for the first time at the age of 55, and they loved him so much that they're like, "Yeah, you're our dad." So I got my middle name Stanton from him. So I'm A. Stanton. He's P. He's P. Stanton. Before that was E. Stanton, C. Stanton, D. Stanton. So it was all the alphabet. The first five letters of the alphabet. Yeah, but yeah, basically In scrambled order. Basically, yeah, because um, I I can't. What was it? I forgot. I forgot the uh, the the forefather that that started the middle name, but he migrated to Canada from South Wales. Oh. And then he he had I believe it was David Stanton who moved to Ohio who had Carl Stanton who had Edward Stanton, my grandfather who came to Illinois who had Paul Stanton and then there was me. But the Canadians had to go through Staten Island still? That was still like you know, their launching point into that's, the North that's, America. <laughs> That's a good question. I actually don't know um, what what they went through. But well, that the Polish is my dad's side. The Stanton, which is Welsh, is my mom's side. Okay. So I have no idea if they had to go through Staten Island. Gotcha. I don't. I don't know. It's Canada. Like who cares? 
<laughs> Everybody pretty much came through New York, so you know, yeah, some, some way, shape, or form, I'm sure they saw it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Except for all the uh, Asian people that came through LA. Well, yeah. I, Everybody like, from Europe, I guess we should clarify. Yeah. All the Europeans. I, I went out to Tracy, California, which is like an hour and a half inland from Sa- San Francisco, California, mm-hmm. uh, for my last job. And uh, I got there and it's like literally nothing but Asian people. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, there are there's a lot of de- that demographic. My family lives in L.A., like in near L.A. County, and there's a huge ton why are you here why am i here i would never want to live in la county maybe northern like norcal like i would live there yeah i think the ambiance is more my people the the scenery and weather is a little more my people like mountains fresh air evergreens that's more my i want to live in like orange county or like san diego like that's that's my jam jam. minus all the crazy people that's my problem with i'm not poli- gonna get on politics yeah, yeah we're not gonna go there i'm not gonna get on politics we can talk about it after because it's sure when we're off reasons not mike yeah so how'd you end up in the chicagoland area if all your family's out there well not all my family i have a small contingent of family oh, in okay. la so actually most of my family is in chicagoland area so even like my my grandparents and i have a great aunt one of her sisters is still alive and living in the western suburbs and okay. my whole, my mom and all my immediate family still live around here. Not Chicago proper, though. Not Chicago proper, other it's than a, a sister who's since moved to Chicago proper. Yeah. But it's mostly southwest suburbs of the city. Um, That's what Polish people do. Like, yes. they, they congregate in one area and then they don't leave. <laughs> like, that and, like, the Irish Catholics, you know, they oh, yes. they built the canal, like the INM canal yes. in the southwest suburbs, and then they just We're done there. with slavery in our home country. <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs> Forget this. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how we ended up here. And I, it, we grew up like in the, my parents or my mom grew up in the southwest side of the Chicago. And then as like the southwest suburbs of Oak Forest and all this area expanded, they like migrated out here basically when it was nothing but corn still and yeah. few residential. residential. That's, a, that's exactly how it was with, with uh, my with my whole family. Um, like my dad grew up at, um, what is that? Like. 50-something in Cicero, mm-hmm. which is like the, the southwestmost corner of Chicago. He grew, he grew up there. Like I, I grew up in Pales Hills. He remembers in Pales Hills was a cornfield. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, Frankfurt's barely a cornfield mm-hmm. anymore. Yep, you got to drive 20 minutes. There was literally nothing there I know. when I was born. I know. Like nothing. I know. Yeah. That's kind of, I don't My know. mom That's has crazy. memories of like riding a Cicero Avenue bus from... Um, like to go visit an aunt who first moved out to Oak Forest when yeah. it was like a couple little farmhouses still prairie before it became Coke yeah, Forest. If you, ex- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like if you know 159th Street, like none of that commercial district was there, right? It was a little residential, and yeah, there you go. So they took like what seemed like an eternity long bus ride down Cicero because they live near like 80th and Cicero, and you know made it on out to go to like, Oak Forest. It's like a I'm not kidding when I say like a 25 minute drive now just of all the stoplights and all the traffic. For sure, for sure. Back then it was probably like 10 minutes, and they're like, "No, nah, it's fine." It's like yeah. driving farm roads out in Moni. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness, I love driving in Moni. <laughs> it is so much better than Where driving over here. The speed limit is however fast you can yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. How fast can I get my car? That's what. That's the speed limit. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Totally yeah. kidding. Yeah. It's it's 55 <laughs> or something. I don't actually even know what it is. It's something it's like that. 55. I've doubled it. <laughs> I don't think my poor little car would hit a hundred. Yeah, would, would, I drive a little Honda Fit 
Oh, it man. maybe could hit a hundred, but I, it what probably I love is the like fact it. that so many people are like, "Oh, that's that's such a sweet car. We can build a race car," and they put like three hundred horsepower in the thing. <laughs> I didn't buy it for the speed. Yeah. I bought it clearly. For, it fits everywhere and it fits everything, so it's very aptly named. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind having one as a yeah. daily driver. It's being a good honest, little, good little guy. Yeah, and and it's a hatchback, so it's like a. Even when we foot on the back seat, it's like a little pickup truck, right? I can, yeah, I can fit a lot in there for yeah. sure. I've moved some furniture. Yeah. It also has fold up seats, so if you have tall things, like you can put them in the back seat. It's got probably about four foot clearance. Really? Yeah, man, that car is. That's legit. impressive. I, I got mm-hmm. the little impressive that could. Granted, it's a WRX and it actually does have 300 horsepower. But <laughs> Again, <laughs> not built for speed. Yeah. <laughs> built for fitting things. Yes. And yes. fitting in parallel parking yes. stalls. My, my car downtown. is definitely built for speed. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I go fast enough without all that, so it's like much better for me. It like we need, helps to, we need tame to get you like, me. We need to get you like a Mustang then or something. Oh, that that would be bad for me. I think yeah. wouldn't be able to control <laughs> control the hundred miles an hour in Moni. Have you ever heard of Extreme Experience? No. It's a uh, y- you actually get to do track time in a supercar. I did it one time in a um, Ferrari. Uh, well, not not four five eight to tell you the one before that. Not the three six Modena. It's the one in the middle. Um, I really would not have a at four thirty Ferrari at four thirty. You should do that sometime. Do you just go down to like Joliet Raceway and yeah. like sign up? Is that how it works? Yeah, uh, it's in it's it's in Joliet. It's called Audubon Country Club. Um, I think I think it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, for like ten minutes of seat time, which sounds like a lot, but like you're in a Ferrari on a racetrack, and it's like one lap. No, it's it's it, it, it's several laps, but uh, it 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 was just really cool because like you know you do the the pre the pre driver meeting and everything, and they're like they're not gonna let you go fast. You can only go as fast as the lead car. And like I get in the car and we're going around, and you're in the car with a professional race car driver, and I'm doing you know I'm doing my thing. I'm doing what he tells me. And he's like, yeah, you've done track time before, haven't you? And I'm like, yes, yes, I have actually. And he like pulls the radio out and he and he's like. Hey, lead car, go faster. Nice. Uh, I did 140 on the main straight. The fastest I've ever gone in a car is 140. But there's a, there's a difference between a car that maxes out at 140 and a car that's like, meh. Do you want to do, do <laughs> 200? Say no thing. Yeah. I top out at 211. You want to do that instead? Like, I, can't, I don't know how to describe it. It was amazing. You need to do that sometime. That actually does sound pretty fun. It was, it was so much that fun. That does sound pretty fun. I Do they give you like a ever. lesson or they like Godspeed around the turns? Like, yes. how does it work? It, B. Yeah. Good yeah. luck, son. Have yeah. fun. Well, that's why, that's why you have a professional race car driver in the car right. with you. But still, like, they're like, so this is the car. That's the gas. That's the wheel. Don't die. Does the professional driver have like, is it like driver's ed where no. they have the brake on the other side of the car? No, he just, he just, he just yells at you. That's actually why is he there? Yeah, <laughs> to die with you. I know, when right? You hit You're the gonna wall. go down with somebody. Yes, That's if you're gonna point. go down in flames, yeah. might as well do you'll the right never way. be alone. Yeah. It's not good to die alone. No, no, it's not. There was this lady that was talking so much trash. I right. I lapped her so fast. I'm sure she if you were like so annoying. professional, semi-pro, apparently is you know novice pro. I, I'm go definitely on, novice, but I do have track time in in previous cars. Yeah. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, you should. It's so much fun. We are off on such a tangent already. I awesome. Know we are. How did you get? I don't even know. How did you? How did you end up at second? How place? did I end up at second place? Well, I I'd gone to the same church growing like growing up, so like my whole life until 
when was how old was i in 2009 i don't even know but um i think it's about 26 and so i was just kind of like discontent with where i was at and had made a bunch of bad decisions in life and kind of isolated myself and pulled away from them and so second place was starting right at that point and i knew the people starting it because i had kind of grown up with them and i knew a few of the core people and so when i heard about it i was like i'll go check it out and i checked it out you know on valentine's day in 2009 and never oh you've been there since yeah i've been there since it started and so i've been going for the what will what's I'm now just some poser then what's now 10 was it 9 or 2010 i think it was 2000 i honestly don't know 10. you know it's, it's funny when i think it was 10 because i think we just had our ninth anniversary yeah i should know that i just find it funny you know, 2010 that was the oh it was nine oh, years ago ow. <laughs> exactly where did all that time go yeah. i knew i got old when i could start referencing things from like 20 years ago or 30 years ago yeah yeah um, anyway, but yeah, so that's how I ended up there. So I've been there ever since and I wasn't too involved like the first five, six years. I kind of still kept myself isolated and yeah. just kind of hiding. And then, you know, slowly but surely I got acclimated and. Well, sometimes you need to do that. You just need to rest. Like I was so heavily involved with second place and like I just got to a point of exhaustion where I'm like, I'm just going to do the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. It's good to unwind and unplug. Yeah. It's good to say no. Yeah. Have seasons in your life where you say no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll still, you know, randomly do other stuff that needs to be done, but like for the most part, you know, it's it's kind of a season of rest for me. Mm-hmm. Right good. now. Especially when I'm getting married in August. Yeah, that's a lot of work and a lot of planning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh e- actually just today, the thing that's sitting in front of you, I uh I went to um the Frankfurt Township Event Center. We're we're ha- the wedding itself is in Albuquerque, and we're going to have like a little reception there. It's probably going to be like maybe 20, 25 people. Not that many. Um, but we're going to have an actual like Chicago reception here. And so I was went there to check that place out. But it is going to be the graduation party of receptions. Let me tell you. It's just there's food, hang out. That's all There's you no need. agenda. That's all I'm so need. sick of having agendas. Just hang out, eat some food. Go away. I don't care. Like That's all you need. I'm dying yeah. to know why Albuquerque, but we could talk about that later if you'd rather. Because that's a totally probably another tangent. Um, Honestly, uh, it's it's like 40% because her grandfather lives there and he's in his 80s. Okay. And I really want him to be there because he's such an awesome dude. Uh, 40%. It's beautiful. Who wouldn't want to be there? 20%. Uh, I don't really want Sounds to be quoting. Yeah. yeah. 20% controlling the population. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and yes. therefore the cost. Yeah. It, it's 100% that's correct. Legit. Exactly. Yeah. That's totally a thing. Yeah. I think that's why destination weddings are so popular. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to invite a bunch of people because I don't will, like any It'll of cost you, you a down kidding. payment on a house mm-hmm. to get married otherwise. It's kind of crazy. It is. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I Most people know that I'm not, I'm not shy about talking about it. Like, my first wedding um, was $13,500. That was cheap. Mm-hmm. That would be cheap. That's a sweet down payment on a car. <laughs> it is. You can, a decent car. Do you, do you know how nice of a Mercedes you can get with that much of a down payment? <laughs> exactly. And still have an, have an acceptable monthly payment? Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's a true story. Yeah. So. Anyways, point being, you being at second place <laughs> from the start, um, how we were talking a little bit before for those that are listening you knew Joe from Stone Church, right? Yeah. So I knew I've known Joe and Sarah. So Sarah's father was my pastor at Stone Church for like the first 25 odd years of my life. So I was born mm. 
when I was born, I went right to Stone Church and stayed there for that long, or longer than that, but stayed. They left, like, their family left, like, he, he stopped pastoring Stone, and we kind of, we parted ways just geographically, and mm-hmm. I'm still, like, a little, they don't, they would hate me saying this, but I'm still a little younger than them, so the way I got close to Joe and Sarah, actually, was when I was college age, still going to Stone, I only went to college up on the south side of the city, so I would still come home on the weekends and stayed go? plugged in. I went to... It's called Illinois Tech now, but it was IIT or Illinois Institute of Technology. Yeah. So same school. It's just rebranding. It's where um, Joe Aaron, went there. Actually, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And he Aaron Makotis went there too. Aaron Makotis went there. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great school. Good school. Studied architecture. Got the bachelor's of architecture. I didn't realize that they changed their name. They just did it, I think, within the last year and a half. I, I think always, I always thought of it as IIT. I still call it that, but I think they're like in their official marketing and rebranding. It's Illinois Tech, trying to be all hip and trendy. I don't know, but it's dumb. So anyway, so I would still come back for like during college for the Sunday morning services, and they were having like a specific college age gathering Saturday nights yeah. that Joe and Sarah led, and so that's well, how I really somebody got. Somebody had something like that because yeah. no one did for me. <laughs> yeah, so it was good, and we had a good time, and we met in this little room we called the Green Chapel, and we totally set up, you know, candles and kind of decked it out and it's like a nice little intimate group but we had a really good time developed really good friendships um and so that's how i think i really got to know jaren joe and sarah more like as a friend as opposed to just being aware of their existence yeah and then um like i said they their their family left the church so they left and kind of we all did our own thing for i think probably eight ten years and i didn't really see them again until second place started hmm. so I don't know what that gap was, but yeah, it was probably a good eight, nine years. Oh, so wow. that's how I've always kind of known who they are because Sarah's dad was my pastor growing up. So I was always aware of her and the fam. Yeah. Because so. Sarah's dad ended up going to a church in Moni, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, he went, he actually, I think right out of stone, he went and did i think like it was i think he called it like praying across america and him and his wife vicky his wife told me about that yeah so cool. th- it was either one year or two years they literally lived out of like an rv and yeah. they went and prayed at each nation's capital and that i think they cool. even did hawaii and they did Al- uh, yeah. alaska and i'm She's pretty sure they flew to those. So cool. yeah it's awesome and i don't remember if it took them one or two years but they did that i think she said one year yeah it's that was cool and then they I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know they ended up pastoring at a small little church in Moni, and they've since they stepped down from that. And that he was an interim pastor back at Stone, which is now in Orland, um, and he's also just as like a filler. And I think he's I just recently stepped down from that as well, and now he's figuring out what's next. Hmm. Can't stop that man. Yeah, no kidding. And, <laughs> he I doesn't mean, know the word retire. Yeah, yeah, and he's <laughs> what, like 176 years old or something. Yes, I actually, yeah, I'm not sure he's 80 yet, but I think he's mid 70s. Huh? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't realize they did, they did all that. I, I had heard about him being a son because I, I was at Marine Valley for a long time, which, oh, yeah. as you know, is right next to it. Right. Um, which I I love them. I just yeah. Well small world yeah yes very small world. good people they love people i think which is their best quality it is joe's in-laws yeah and yeah yeah, kind of the whole epperson descenso clan yeah i think yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
That, if that's not a thing, it's totally If we ever change the totally name of Second Place Church, it has to be Eppersonzo Church. That needs a hashtag like Let's, nobody's business. Hashtag Eppersonzo Church, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you just coined that right now, it's, it's, genius. Yeah. it's genius. It's genius. <laughs> yeah. But the Eppersonzo experience is... Uh, that needs to be the yeah. name of Second Place Church Band, the Upper Sunset <laughs> Experience. For real, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then you get, but then yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, so yeah, that's how I know them, and they're just they're good people to, to be around. They yeah. really enjoy. I think they really like people. You know, they love yeah. coming alongside them, and uh, so it's, it's they're they're easy to be around. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. So that's why I stay. Yeah. I stay for a lot more reasons, but I yeah. that's how I got there. I. I uh, I ended up there. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. How I ended up there actually. Um, when I was first married to my ex, she just didn't seem to want to go to. The, I, I hated her church. I'm not gonna lie, and my church wasn't for her. Which yeah, whatever. That's fine. And so, I pretty much forced her to, um. Uh, what's the term? Uh, just agree upon something other than what we were going to, and it happened to be second place. But then she lost her mind, disappeared, and um. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were married still when you started coming. Yeah. How yeah. long have you been coming? How long have I known you? It's oh, been a while. Crap. It's been a while. How long? Um. Five years. I I'm pretty sure I've been going there for about four and a half years. Okay. No, I think I definitely started in the fall of okay. one year. Uh, yeah, yeah, four it. Wow, time flies. No kidding. <laughs> I don't really know anyone though, other than Joe, for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. Then eventually met like the Boomsmas, the 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 uh, the Rivals, but they they uh, they went to a, a different church, something more uh, more more fitting for uh, for Kyle. Mm-hmm. He was. I don't know, he, he just. It's a little different, it sounds like. But, uh, yeah, I eventually started meeting people there. Yeah, it's amazing how long you could sit in a weekend service and kind of choose to stay isolated. Mm-hmm. It's not until you put forth effort to try to, like, get involved and actually connect yourself. You that, know, like the, I think it opens up. I love my dad so much, and he's been going to the same church for literally my whole life with my mom. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. He shows up. Here's the message. Leaves, like yeah. shows up during worship. Here's the message. Oh, they're done. Peace. <laughs> he just doesn't like people. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad he's being fed, but like, yeah, it's 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 easy to go there and feel like you're not sp- like you're supposed to just get something out of it and not contribute something to it. Yeah, yeah. Which um, that's like next level. Yeah, that's the heart uh, community. Um. Kayla, my fiance, for those that don't know, um, she she grew up going to um, what's the enormous one? Literally the biggest mega church in the country. Is it Willowbrook? Willow Creek. Willow Creek. She That's she grew up going there. She's like, it's an ocean of people. Do you know how easy it is to go there and never serve? Yeah. Ever, never, ever. You can go there and nobody will ever know that you exist. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's an ocean of people. Like, how do you keep track of anything? Yeah, well, I think that's a. This is off totally off topic and a yeah. tangent for another day, perhaps. But I have a lot to say on this subject. But mm-hmm. there is, 
a world of difference between a consumeristic mindset when like stepping into a church building and a participation mindset where you realize, oh, I'm actually part of the church and I shouldn't walk into the door thinking, what can I get out of this? But I should walk into the door and ask, like, what can I contribute? And it's a different level of community. I think it's very biblical way of thinking, Mm -hmm. but it's very different than a lot of like we're trained to think and you have to, it's, it's not, we're not hardwired to do it. Yeah. So it takes like a conscious effort to like, to get there, like to take steps to like actually get involved and to ask that type of question. Yeah. Like what can I contribute and how can I help the people that I'm sitting in a room with (laughs) for two hours every week Mm -hmm. as opposed to what can I get from the one person on the stage? Right. Yeah. It's like access to a lot more wealth of information than the one lead person can do for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would love to come back one day and talk all about this. <laughs> if you want to do a side <laughs> podcast discussing that, I'm all for it. I would love it. That sounds like fun. Be, the reason I'm into it is because I've been tasked with coming up with what membership, a very scary word, at second place means. Yeah. And so I've been consumed in the last nine months thinking about that word and how I hate that word, but now how I also kind of like that word. Yeah. And thinking about what church really is supposed to be and how we're supposed to operate. And it is entirely about how we're supposed to benefit and uphold and correct and instruct and help each other. Yeah. It's not about a me and a pastoral team. It's about me and the me sitting next to me. Yeah. And it's just a very different way of thinking about church than I think a lot of people think about church. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's uh it, if done properly, I think it's good because um I I have a couple of friends that were look, that were possibly going to change churches. I'm not going to say what these churches are, who my friends are. Sure, Entirely sure. out of respect no to them, need. but No need. They were members at one church, and then they were thinking about going to another church. And the pa- like the pastors, like of each church, like sat down and talked. Well, how are we going to transfer membership and blah blah blah? And they're like, you know what, we're just not going to go to either of your churches. Yeah, and so that's <laughs> that's the trick. As I've been, like I said, I've spent months thinking about this, but yeah, and it's still formulating in my mind because obviously nothing's been launched or like released yet. Yeah, but it's it's kind of getting to the part where it's starting to get authored yeah i know joe's been talking about it for years and whether yes well and it's tricky because of what you're saying the word membership has a ton of negative connotations and negative experiences for people around it yeah and so the question is like how do you do it how do you do it well how do you do it in a way that fosters the idea of true relationship with each other yeah um because that is becoming like the theme the thematic theme (laughs) the thematic word right around what we want to accomplish is how do you achieve membership through like in the context of relationship and realizing again that it's not just me and a stage and a guy on a stage or with a title lead pastor right it's like you and i having this conversation right it's like is part of how we do church right so again could vamp about that for a very long time oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) but if you want to come back and talk about the whole mega church thing sometime oh good yeah well that's yeah it can even be done there but you can't you i mean everybody knows you can't be friends with thousands of people on an intimate scale yes with but it's within the context of something large how do you work to find your little your little group your little tribe that's my personal struggle i don't have that tribe i have kayla thank god but like other than that i don't have that little tribe yeah it's hard. It, it's it's very hard because like 
I never learned what that tribe looks like or how to have that tribe because of the fact that I never really had a good relationship with my family growing up. <laughs> so you don't learn how to have that intimate tribe. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, it's been really exciting with, with Kayla learning what that looks like, how exactly you do that. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, some of our intimate conversations that I'm not going to talk about. But, yeah. you know, we, we've just really been learning how to do that and have our own little tribe and our own little family and how, and what that looks like and you know how, how to also have those other friendships that are that are close that you know we both need still yeah very complicated it is because I, I was talking about this with another friend this week and in, in that like like they've just recently moved to this area going to second place right but you're you you're trying to get plugged into people that apparently have a network already established. Right. So it's like, how do you go from being outsider to insider? And I think two things to that. I think one people walk around acting like they're connected, but they might not be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think there's like an awareness on both parties that needs to happen before like a true bond could be formed. And two, um, also I think obviously it just takes time. And Mm -hmm. even in your, your example, like with the two of you forming a tribe, Obviously, it happened through time and through conversations that matter, right? So it's like you have to be willing to give of yourself as much as the other person is willing to give of themselves and give, right? So, I, yeah, it's it's challenging though because we'd run around like maniacs, right? Like Mm -hmm. doing life, and so it's like it's learning to prioritize community, yeah, which is another kind of sidebar to like membership, like. Partnership or whatever we're gonna end up actually whatever calling term we're it. Looking for here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's a, that's a big part of it is like learning to value it because it's not valued. And like you said, yeah. a lot of people have family systems that are dysfunctional. To it's, put it mildly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, yeah. So it's like I didn't have the greatest family growing up. I had yeah. a good parent, but not good parents, right? So yeah. like, everyone's dealing with that, processing that, and so it's like, how do you? You look to scripture to say, no, this is really how we're supposed to behave with one another. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I'm not going to say where in life, but Kayla and I are, are currently trying to apply that whole, this yeah. is how God says to relate to one another when there's, when there's issues. Why aren't, why aren't we doing that? Right. Let's go ahead and do that then. Yeah. Yeah. We've already been talking about God knows what for like, over a half hour now, I think. What are you? What are you into? <laughs> Is that what we're supposed to yeah. talk about? There? Yeah. What are you into? What am I into? Well, I told you I'd talk about it, and I mentioned it when I came in. I'm currently into my Christmas toy. Which Did you get this for I Christmas? I actually got it for Christmas awesome. at the age of 37, which I am not ashamed of. <laughs> it is an FAO Schwartz build your own roller coaster. It's about three and a half feet tall when it's all assembled. You constructed in much the same way as like a Lego set through a series of photos or pictures about how to put all the pieces together. And so I'm only about a third of the way through this thing and it has taken over my dining room table because it is pretty large. It's probably about four feet long and it is currently three and a half feet tall. And I'm getting to the point where I'm trying to put all the track together. And you eventually, it's motorized with electronics, so I will eventually be actually Um, be able to actually play with my roller coaster <laughs> is it is it are you trying to this? google yes it's totally so, that oh, thing. so it's like uh it's a, it's like a cross between like connects and uh what was it the erector set back in the day yeah so but it's the, basically a bunch of little plastic pieces a bunch of kids that probably don't know what i'm saying right now but i don't care <laughs> exactly <laughs> and what i was telling you is hilarious is like it's for eight and over 
And me yeah, and my friend, category. who's also in her, well, she, she was in her 40s as well, we had a heck of a time putting it together because I, I honestly, I'd give some major props to any eight year old out there I mean, could like, attempt to do you it. You see this kid and you're like, is that eight year old smarter than me? Yes. Like, you should all do what on, AP's doing and Google FAO Schwartz roller coaster building yeah. set and. Yeah, You'll the, see what I'm in for. There's this little Indian kid, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's smarter than me. Uh, well, let's be honest. Yeah, I think a lot of eight-year-olds are smarter, smarter than me. That's why they made that show. Like, are you smarter than a fifth grader, yeah. seventh grader, second grader? Yeah. Pretty sure I don't know geography anymore. So, yeah, I, you know, I find geography fascinating, but I'm also weird like that. I'm fascinated by it, but yeah. I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So that's like the basics of what I'm into, like the newest, weirdest thing that I'm that's, into right that's now. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can come help me because clearly I need help. Um, awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. So like, in looking at the pictures, it's what? Probably like four feet tall? Yeah. It's about three and a half feet tall. Oh it ends gosh. up being about four feet wide. And so I have like the basic structure. It's it's actually good. You know, I, I like I said, I have a degree in architecture, but I work in an engineering firm. And so it's good for civil like my right? civil engineering. Yeah. It's good for my engineering problem solving mind to like figure out how to put it together. And yeah. Teaches you basic structural engineering principles about like lateral bla- bracing and that's pretty sweet cross bracing because it yeah. won't stand up Trusses if you don't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Transferring loads yeah. down to the bottom. It's so do you. You have a degree, you have a, a bachelor's in architectural engineering. I have a bachelor's of architecture. Bachelor, okay, because that's different than architectural engineering, it is, right? Okay. Yes. So, did you ever get your architecture license? No. Okay. Do you want my career? Okay, so my short career, my career in a nutshell is I have a bachelor's of architecture and a minor in CAD, mm-hmm. which is computer aided design. I got that in 2004 from Illinois Tech slash IIT. Yes. IIT is a real name, but it's cool. <laughs> Not the imposter. Yes. <laughs> as long as it's not I, I, ITT, which oh, yeah. ended up being fraudulent going out of business because it wasn't a real school. Anyways, it, did. it was never we, accredited. We always had to explain to people the difference. Yeah, that they're liars. It was also like IIT was very expensive and private and ITT was not so much. Anyway. It was a joke. But, yeah, but anyway, so we digress. But so I went through architecture school. I was liking it. I still like the subject matter, but I wasn't amazing at it. My, all my designs were very practical because I never had like an amazing concept, which is what you spend a lot of time in architecture school talking about. My fifth year, my final year. everyone's Ted Mosby. Yeah, right? My, exactly. <laughs> nice. My, Worst uh, main character ever. Anyways. Yeah, that's a whole other danger. Yeah. Um, but my professor, I ended up freelancing or kind of really working as an intern for one of the professors in school my fifth year. Through that relationship, I met my now boss or owner of where I work, which is Terra Engineering. And so when I graduated in May, I was just working at UPS and paying the bills, looking for architecture jobs. Wasn't really finding any that was clicking or that were clicking for me. That lady called me and said, hey, do you want to come and draft for us at my civil engineering firm? Because I already know you and you're capable and you can still go hunt for jobs. And I called her back the next day and said, sure, but if I like it, could I stay there? And so I entered go. the world of Terra Engineering uh, to be basically, I think my first title was like CAD tech, CAD technician. And I did that for six weeks and her and her partner pulled me aside and they were like, well, if you want to do this, we'll train you to do it. We like you. If you like us, let's do it. Nice. So they took a chance on me and I've grown up with the company and been there for almost 15 years. And now I run one of the departments, so. That's cool. 
It's a crazy career roller coaster ride. You yeah. just never really know where you're gonna end up. So yeah, totally. I uh, yes. I, I know I know what you mean because I, I I started out. Um, ever hear of Amos Mechanical Systems? They're really popular. Yes. Um, they're amazing at what they do. Mm-hmm. They one, probably the best mechanical contract in the Chicagoland area, in my opinion. Not because I'm biased, because I work there. Um, but uh, I, I first started out working there as a uh, CAD designer. Okay. And um, for for reasons that are known but will not be expressed, um, <laughs> I ended up in the nuclear field. All right. Uh, they transferred me to the nuclear department there, uh, where we made safety-related HVAC systems for nuclear power plants. Um, I saw some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. I bet. And so eventually I decided, um, well, I want to get my master's because I'm sick of the culture here. Um, seriously, the best product that you could ever possibly imagine, nobody there gets along with that was the problem. That was the issue. Internal dysfunction. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was 100% internal. Like, I, even most of the people there were really cool. Like, I, 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 like, I, I don't want to bash them in any way, but like. A lot, like there was just a lot of dysfunction. Very they rough culture. They never learned how to gel like a unit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, I decided to start working on my master's to hopefully get a better job. Um, silly me, but when I was working on my <laughs> master's, I actually got um, a uh, an, an offer to teach one class there to get free tuition. So. I started teaching at, at, at the college while working my full-time job, while working on my master's. So during that time, I got a job offer at where I'm at now, where I'm a uh, design engineer for food and chemical processing systems. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, we, 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 make, we make a great product. It's, it's, not, it's not very exciting, though. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. We really do have a good culture, though, is the nice thing. And that's kind of what matters to me. That's so much of... A career is finding people you enjoy spending time with exactly because you spend a lot of time with them yeah yeah exactly so yeah. i i am surrounded by a good group by a good group of people there yeah. and um but because of my masters that i got i taught a class at wheaton college this past fall hmm. they managed to find me somehow nice and uh they they liked me so much that they're like can you, if if you want to teach this class it's all yours for as long as you want it and i'm like oh Okay, that's nice. that's cool. What so, class is it? Um, it, it's actually intro to CAD. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, intro to AutoCAD specifically. Gotcha. Uh, so teach them all those functions, and then, um, I, it was really funny. Um, my what are you into is uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if people have heard me talk about it. I've always been huge on BMX. Um, I have a mountain bike, a uh, old downhill BMX bike that is not in working order. Not in service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have my freestyle bike, and I'm building a second freestyle bike because Kayla was like, I want to go to the skate park with you. I'm like, well, if you're going to go to the skate park, you got to go there in style. And so I'm building her a bike. Um, the colors are ridiculous, and it's awesome. But um, I went to Orland Cyclery, and uh, I was you know looking to get support local, small business all the way. So I was just looking to get some parts. Hopefully they had them all. They didn't have everything, but they did have a decent amount of stuff that I needed. And uh, the owner's wife was talking to me. And uh, she's like, yeah, you know, where are you getting this stuff for? I'm like, oh, I'm building a bike. She's like, you know how to build bikes? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, doesn't everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> I'm like, I, like, I'm an engineer. I hope I can put a bike together. She's like, she's like, do, so like, do you, do you want a job? Do, do you want to like do this, do this like on the side and like, and like be a mechanic here? And I'm like, 
I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, here. She, she's like, here, fill out a no, resume. No, really, you I, too. I'm like, well, it's funny. She's like, yeah, here, fill out the resume. I'm like, I have a resume. Or she's like, fill out the application. I'm like, I have a resume. I'll, I'll fill that out. and Or I'll, I'll just send you that instead. I'm so much above this application. <laughs> it's not that I am, but like I am. So like... <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll. I'll see your re- the whole your point application. Of a resume so that you don't have to fill out an application everywhere you go. That's like, true. so I emailed that to them, and and um, I stopped back in there on Sunday because I was telling Kayla about this. I have to show you. I got the sprocket, and it's like this. You're very like excited about the sprocket. Really bright neon yellow. It's awesome. And so I went back there to get that, and the uh, the, you know, the owner like came by and was talking to me a little bit. And he, so you accept this position? Are you well, like on well, the payroll? Funny, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that was the really funny thing though, because he's like, "Yeah, you know, I got your email. Uh, looks great. You know, hopefully we'll uh, get get you on the ground running here soon." I'm like, "Are you gonna interview me?" <laughs> Are you going to make sure I'm not just some schmuck? Are you going to watch me fix a bike to make sure that I can? I I sent him like 10, like like literally like 10 different, um, 10 different bikes that I've built in my life. Gotcha. So, yeah, obviously I know what I'm doing, but like, are are you going to test me? Are you going to interview me at all? Blind trust. Well, the guy's like, you're an engineer and you have a master's degree. Obviously, you know what you're doing. I'm like. And the worst that happens is he fires you. So yeah, yeah. It's like a win-win for yeah. everybody. And it's not like I'm going to put bike mechanic on my resume. Yeah. You know, it's, it's for fun. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. That's so cool. I don't know. Why not? We'll see. Because, you know, you were bored, so you needed something to do. Yeah, because I don't have enough to do. It's not like I'm still fixing up my house or anything yeah. or getting married. Yeah. Well, but it's good to have an outlet for something, like you said, you're into. So. I genuinely like working on bikes. This yeah. thing. Like, so it won't even feel like work. That's true. It, honestly, it, it, I was told Kayla, Kayla this several times. I've always wanted to have a skate park with a pro shop in it, you know, like actual skateboards and, and BMX shop. Like, mm-hmm. if I can just do that for 10 hours a day, I'm happy. Yeah. Because, like, if no one's there, then, you know, I'm just sitting there and I got the TV on. Like, I don't care. Or you're fixing a bike. Yeah. Or I'm, riding a bike. Yeah. I'm, I've actually also been designing bike parts. I've, I've always wanted to have my own bike company if i can too so oh. i've been designing bike parts too because i'm a big nerd nice yeah. no it's good to have a thing yeah yeah i i i've been looking into trying to buy cnc um uh, i was doing lots of research on it most bike stuff are made by like i'm not exaggerating when i say this three companies hmm. it's it's crazy there's like literally three companies on the on the planet that make all freestyle bmx equipment bmx equipment with the, with the exception of, of of a few like there's a company called S and M. I learned recently they own a com- another company called Fit. I didn't realize that they were owned by by the same company. They're a subsidiary, okay. Yeah, and then um, there's this guy Robin Morales who who helped start Fit and get it up and running. There was some clash. He left, kind mm-hmm. of in a fit of rage. Nobody <laughs> knows what happened. Like right. whatever, got that's fine. And, left and he started a company called Cult. Okay. Well, we well, I was reading today about how everything that he has is literally another part. With cult stamped on it, and then the frames are made by a company called Solid. Hmm. Like, it's all the same thing again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so the big thing that I learned is if you're going to do something, be innovative, be unique. Okay, I'm going to make everything in house, Mm -hmm. except for if I do get to make like handlebars, frames, forks, stuff like that. I'm going to work with a machine shop that that can machine these parts, and then a fabrication house that can weld them together properly. But it's still all technically in-house because I'm not going to the same three bike companies. True story. Yeah. 
This is your next big idea. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when I have my skate park and my pro shop in it, I'll sell my own bike parts or something. We'll yes. See. The sky is the limit. Yeah. I hope so. It's just a question of how into it you really want to be. I, I'm, I'm so into bike. Well, that was a funny thing. I was telling Kayla, I'm like, yeah, this guy like actually has me like work on bikes. I just want to eventually be like, look, man, you're not strapping young lad anymore. What's it going to take for me to buy this bike shop off you? And like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I would love to. It's, Maybe this is your in. This is step one. Seriously, to I'd a multi-step process for you yeah. to arrive at that dream. Yeah, and he's 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 such a nice dude. And the pro- the property too. is such that you could probably get some sort of bmx like trail is that what that is that the right word park yeah ride yeah yeah <laughs> clearly it's not my passion yeah, just but ramp like, or something yeah yeah but like, like a next quarter to it, pipe it, out front. Yeah, yeah it's got some room that's true yeah it's got some you, room. yeah you know no, you know yeah. what i'm talking a about a lot of people yeah. that are listening might yeah yeah it's got so some room so if we'll do the need... civil engineering for you yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet Deal done if anyone's listening go to orland park psychery i Jim's a great dude. I'm a big fan of him. Exactly. Yeah, they are nice people. Yeah. I go there too. For, For the record, they're not sponsoring this. I really, <laughs> he really is that great of a dude. Right. Anyways, neither is my company, whose I've whose name I've dropped repeatedly. Yes, yes, yes. You're you're paid by them, but not but not for or IIT. Because if yes. I had student loans right now, I'd be asking for a discount. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so you're gonna refund some of that, right? Exactly. That'd be great. Yeah. Make checks payable too. Yes, exactly. Let's actually let's, talk about. Let's circle it the back. Message. From Circling last weekend, back. you gave the message. You pretty much gave your testimony, as yes. you said, and it was a more like recent testimony of something that happened, right? Correct. So, like, I, I was. Th- this is the third time I was given the microphone to speak, which has been a different experience every time. And this time, I was not given a topic, and so I yeah. was mulling over, praying over, thinking, you know, just thinking about what I should say. And I had a couple topics in mind, but I kept feeling like um, God was telling me, like, just share your story. And I was kind of arguing with him about that because I don't really see that done, like yeah. when someone's quote unquote told to preach. And so I was like, ah, I don't know. So I was like, okay, let me share the gist of my story, but in a sermon version, you know, I have the topic, I'll sermonize it. Yeah. And I just kept getting pushback from that. It wasn't feeling right. And so, yeah, I ended up sharing the story of really my last six month, I think it was, journey. Um, you went to that little the the thing in Frankfurt, right? Yeah. So like the, the counselor sh- suggested y- that for me before. Just like it's good. It's called Port of Prayer, I think yeah. is what it's called. And um, I think it's a Catholic it's part of a nunnery. Yeah, the nun. <laughs> it's a little convent. The nuns live there, and yeah. they were there doing life when we were there. And we had like a little wing they gave us, and everybody got their own room. We had some common space, but that was like half. That was actually halfway through my story, but. The gist is I've been really focused on setting like setting aside time to, in my words, shut up and listen, like just mm-hmm. to really get still and listen to what God has to stay and say instead of me giving him a laundry list <laughs> yeah. of things to talk about. And so funny enough, I came at him in July with a laundry list of things to talk about yeah, <laughs> and we kind of digested that and it ended with not ended, but the big phrase I took out of that that I felt like he was speaking to me was. Danielle, my love for you has never been enough. And I thought about that in the context mostly of like relationships, um, romantic or otherwise, friendships, family, and just thinking about like how his love for me has never been enough, apparently. And I'm digesting this information. And so that that phrase just kind of kept repeating in my life. And then that was in July. And then it was February that we landed at a silent retreat 
um, with a few friends and I um, bodaciously decided to go do that for 24 hours. And that's when we were in Frankfurt. Yeah. At the Port of Prayer place. So this is, when you say silent retreat, if I remember correctly from the message, you Silence. did not talk at all. Well, that is correct. We did have three because what we, we did what was called like a beginner, like a newbie silent retreat. We did speak together for an hour at the beginning. It's like an orientation um, that was like at noon and then at 8 p.m. that night. We spoke again and kind of recapped the day and then silence again until 11 a.m. Yeah. So you were sleeping. So out of the 24 hours, you know, you could have slept as long as your heart desired. There's no rules on these things. The point is just to take a time out. Sounds and wonderful. Just no more social media. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that really, quite honestly, was the best part. I almost yeah. wanted it to go like another 12 hours. But so it's great. So, again, like me and God kind of unpacked that same statement. Because I felt like it was kind of left hanging back in July, and I had never really made time to think about it again. And so, um, again, it was just like him telling me what it looked like for him to be enough yeah. in all aspects of my life, not just relationships. But I talked to him and really listened to him a lot about my career and how if I struggle with what to be when I grow up or what my two-year plan is and I don't feel like I have one, yeah. or I'm struggling to find one, like a goal, that like being with him and resting in him is enough. Yeah. Um, so that was the gist of the testimony and the story that I shared about my like last six months of pondering. Yeah. So the big question that I know Joe likes to ask is there's only so much time when you're up on the, on the pulpit. Yeah. Was there anything that you wanted to be able to share to everyone on this podcast that you just didn't have enough time to when you were up there? Yeah, I think. Um, the one thing I, I kind of started the talk saying that I didn't have a three point sermon, but if I did have a three point sermon, the third point would be what I would maybe I would want to talk about now. And what I'm realizing is I'm again, I've just been mulling over the fact that God's enough, like thinking of that his one of the names he's given in the Bible is El Shaddai, that meaning all sufficient one. And I've been think up until like the last couple of weeks, even I've been thinking about it in the context of how he's enough for me. And the third point would be that he's also enough for everyone else. And what I mean by that is oftentimes I limit me being verbal or speaking out about who Jesus is and what he means to me because I feel like I didn't perform, meaning like mm -hmm. I didn't act the right way. I didn't react the right way. I didn't say the right thing. I definitely didn't do the right thing. Right. So it limits me from speaking um, his name or talking about him. And so I've really been challenged by that thought and basically what I feel like I've been doing is limiting God being enough to other people because yeah. I feel like I could stop that right and like the audacity right of me to think that I could have done something so bad that the name of Jesus and introducing people to him couldn't still be enough like couldn't still change them like that God couldn't be enough for them because I did something bad yeah and so that to me has become kind of the third point of like the non-sermon that I talked, you know, is, is really thinking about that. And that's still very fresh. Um, and I've been trying to frame my life at work and with family in that way. Um, getting more verbal, I guess, more vocal about what I believe in spite of myself, in spite of my actions. Cause I feel like the word hypocrite, the word it, like it, it's limiting, right? It's attacking, it's shaming. Yeah. And I'm trying to liberate myself right from that, that shame by think by reminding myself that God is enough for the people that I know 
and love and work with and interact with despite Danielle, right? Despite anything that I've done. And so that, that's to me is like the next big, that's the next big movement, right? And this whole idea and discussion with God about him really being enough. Yeah. So that's my answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. It it actually reminds me of a text that Kayla sent me yesterday. Um, Yesterday she sent me, she said to me, do you think that love is the most courageous thing that you can do? And in turn, that knowing that someone loves you is the biggest motivators of courage. Hmm. And um, that uh, I think that might have hit me more more than she was expecting to, yeah. um, like in a good way, because um, like like you said, like what's the big, what's the the limiting thing here here on earth? Well, us people. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm not bashing people, you know, God, yeah. God knows we're human. We're weak. We, we need him. And I, I thought about it and I responded to her. Um, love does make you courageous. And it's the reason that Peter was like, uh, yeah, go ahead and kill me. Yeah. Knock your socks off. That's why, mo- you know, most of the, uh, of the disciples were martyred. They're yeah. like, yeah. He loves me. It's all that I need to know. Yeah. And man, I I wish that I could say say that that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not proud of admitting that, but like, man, I. Well, yeah. I, it's like they got to the point where love, loving Jesus and him loving them was enough. Yeah. And I use that word enough a lot now because I've, it's what I've been thinking about. But in even in what your example, it's like you have to get to the point. Our goal is to get to the point where being loved by God is enough. Yeah. And all the other drama that we deal with, all the other limitations other people put on us, but really it's usually about what we're putting on ourselves. Yeah. Is they're so far below this all encompassing God who's all sufficient and all loving and just loves to be with us that nothing else comes close to comparing to it. And it has yeah. to get to the point where, yeah, it's like the goal is like reckless abandonment because you're just you're enraptured (laughs) it's like we're enraptured in his enoughness and it's like nothing else anybody can do or say or i can like condemn in myself right is Mm -hmm. like is gonna stand in the way of that yeah and uh it's a challenging topic because it's so simple like in concept it's so simple and i think that's the most that's the most that's the part that's been the biggest struggle for me it's like it's such a simple statement yeah. My love for you has never been enough. Okay, I'll make it enough. You know, like yeah. it's not that simple. It's this process of me being as I've been realizing that he wants to be enough in every single aspect of my life, yeah. but that he's also enough in every single aspect of someone else's. And there's nothing I can do or say that would trump his enoughness in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Um, which is liberating in some ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways. For me, it's been li- liberating. Yeah. So. You know, it, it. I think it goes hand in hand. Um, I, I've i always viewed myself as not not good enough. Yeah. I, I know why we're not going to get into that, but I've always me- viewed myself as not good enough. Um, and uh, But I, I have learned how to be um, excited for other people and, mm. and not let my feelings get the best of me in that way. Thank God. But... Um, 
Yeah, I, I I've always struggled with that doubt of, like, what am I doing with my life, mm-hmm. other than a whole lot of nothing. You know, it, it it's hard to. Uh, I mean, a a, a good example uh, of a man after God's own heart is definitely uh, Jordan, who uh, you know yeah. on the is, Ruck March right yeah, now. Yeah, is is marching Springfield, yeah. which is intense, freaking awesome, hardcore. You know, and. It, it, I I just find it hard not not sometimes sometimes you know I'm trying just trying to stick with the theme of the term enough mm-hmm. you know I I I look I look at that and I can't help but think of myself like you know I go to work all day I sit in front of a computer and design stuff and I don't interact with people all that much like what I'm doing isn't enough I'm not enough are you kidding me but then on the flip side well no human being is yeah i think our goal like i think the very definition of being a christian right following christ is to strip down our need to be enough and remind people i really our goal is to point the people that we encounter to jesus who is enough yes and that's enough for us to do yeah. to overuse the word right <laughs> yeah and it's like i said i and it, i talked a little bit about that right in my talk for me it was like what am i going to work for every day like mm-hmm. you reach this like almost like midlife crisis at our ages right where you've been in your career or a career for a while you do start to ask like what what now like am i am i in the right trajectory because if i'm staying in it now i'm probably going to ride it out to the end and and should this be about something bigger and I'm really it's so simply about knowing Jesus and making him known mm-hmm. and learning that that's truly enough right and so even in a world of commuting in a car to a job where you feel isolated there's still people you encounter out and about there's still the guy at the Orland Park cyclery right yeah. that, you, that you that you're encountering and someone's bike you're going to fix right and it's like what's the how are how are we pointing people to Jesus by not being afraid to say his name like despite how we're acting and certainly like attaining they're trying striving to act you know a little bit more like Christ every day yeah. but knowing that like I'm not going to ever do enough of that right to change somebody's life and it, in the sense that, like, I'm not anyone's savior, yeah. you know, like only he is. So it's like, I think it's 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 been a reminder for me that even when I feel like, again, I don't have a five year goal, like from a career perspective, I don't plan to leave. I don't really plan to stay. It's just I'm riding it out, right, and seeing what where the road leads. Yeah, <laughs> like, we've both just sat here and talked about how our career has taken weird twists and turns. You know, like life happens, but it's like it's enough to just focus on the people I do encounter on a daily basis and try yeah. to be a good influence into their lives. And well, the, the term that I've kind of been taught with, with what you're talking about is intention, living life with intention. And I look at my life and I'm like, eh. am I doing that? Other, <laughs> other than what I'm doing with Kayla, I'm not doing that. What, well, what's my intention then? How do I fix that? How do, how do I find a target and start throwing throwing darts at it? I I don't know what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. I knew, I knew one thing in life and that was God had someone very special for me and thank thank God he was kind enough to bring us together, but like I don't know what I'm doing other than that. Yeah, and I think like I said, I, that's what I'm really learning is like he's enough in the midst of that questioning. Yeah. 
and he's enough in his how he plans and orchestrates all yeah. the little details that all we really do need to do in those moments where I'm like, what do like what is happening to my life for the next yeah. one year or five years? He's he keeps beckoning me back to the the idea of just resting and being with him. And I think that's why I've enjoyed the silent retreats and the moments of silence I've carved out for myself in between like the major times is just learning how to be content. That's probably another word for it is like not just intentional, but being content in resting in him and not feel and feeling like that isn't sufficient. Like I should be doing something else. I should have a goal. And while none of those things are bad, it's really teaching me that my ultimate focus so that even when I have a goal (laughs) can't be on the goal, right? It has to be on knowing him. Yeah. You might achieve the goal in knowing him, but it should still be on him. It's still about knowing him. It's about constantly fixing my eyes on him. He's the only constant, the only thing that can really center me, the only one that doesn't change. And it's so, I don't know why it's so difficult to like stay focused on him and on that, but like it, that's really what it comes down to. You know, it's like, just keep my eyes on him. Mm hmm. In the midst of chaos, because you have this belief that he will, he'll work out all those goal-centered ideas, right? He'll work out the, the plan, the path, right? Yeah, and I've kind of been <clears throat> on a stranger journey lately. I, I, I found in my time when I'm praying, um, I know we bring it up a lot, but it's one of my favorite videos. Have you ever seen God's Chisel? From no. the skit guys? No. Oh, Google it. It's so good. <laughs> uh, genuinely good. Um, it ba- Basically, the premise is, you know, he's a potter with a clay. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes the pot's already been made, um, and you got to repair it. Well, um, you know, kind of like a car. If you, get into, if you get into a collision, and let's say there's some rust, well, they, they don't cut out the rust. They cut out beyond the rust, <clears throat> And then weld in a new piece and then kind of graft it from there. Well, that's kind of what God's chisel is yeah. getting at of like um, letting the potter take mm-hmm. away the bad stuff and replacing it with the good stuff. And I just I just feel like I'm like I'm just in like that right yeah. now. And I just find myself praying like, God, it, like that's it, where I feel like I'm at. Like we're like in this pruning process in my life. Mm-hmm. it's it's really hard it's really painful please like be my strength yeah to make it through that yeah because it's I, it's hard i identify with that a lot i mean my life three years ago is very different yeah again I'll topic for a whole nother day but my life three years ago was very different and just i've been i took i've been taking time to like in the silence to <laughs> to look back i think the bible talks a lot about remembering things mm-hmm. and building altars so you remember for a reason because it's important in these processes of like refinement which is what you're talking about to like to look back and be like man god like i was kind of a hot mess like yeah <laughs> and i'm not totally fixed yet but i've made progress and like i'm learning to allow you to make progress in me and i'm learning that it's good for the rusty part of the car and 12 inches beyond it, right? To be yeah, exactly. to be totally removed because what he puts back is always better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's, that's what makes life the journey, right? Is like, it's a process and you don't really see it happening until you look back. Yeah. Yeah. And so definitely. I identify with what you're talking about very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. So. 
Well, I really appreciate you coming here. I think this is a really good podcast. I hope so. Yeah. We have. I, we even set ourselves up for more future talks. We did. I mean, <laughs> if you want to come back and talk about church membership and megachurches and stuff, I... It, it's funny. I, I I personally go back and forth a lot in my head with mega churches because I see, I, I see a lot of the inherent flaws, and it's going to sound weird, but it's the same inherent flaws that major cities have because you, you're cramming so many people in one spot. At the same time, I think the mega churches are still good because of the fact that you know people are like, oh well, it's shallow preaching. I'm like, sometimes that's what a new believer needs in order to get them up up and running, and then they can move on to something else. So. Yeah. Well, there's that, and it's what I was saying. Like we yeah. often look to the pastor, the guy with the microphone, to be the end all, be all. True. And it's that is so not. It's actually just not biblical, to be honest. So it's I like, like how. So it's um, it's real. I would love to vamp about it. What's his name? I forgot. It. I forgot his name. It was a. It was an older gentleman at the church I grew up at. He sadly he passed away a few years ago. But I love what he said to me. Um, first of all, the most simplest of responses are always the wisest, and. He just looked at me and said, Jesus has no grandchildren, only children. That's deep. That, that's so deep. And <laughs> and going along with with what with what you're saying, don't yeah. look to the to the pastor. That's a good foundation of where to start. And then you have to dive deeper in your personal yeah. life. And you have to learn how to divulge it and share with others. Yes. I think that's that's truly church, is like learning how to be the church. Yes. Um, again, so I've, I've spent a lot of time in the New Testament starting in Acts and reading the rest of the letters in chronological order. And to be honest, it's filled with very, very practical advice of what a church, a group of humans is yeah. supposed to do and not do it for and with each other. Well, that's why I get kind so of annoyed it's so like, basic. The, the Bible's not true. The New Testament is literally a bunch of instructions. Just read it. OK, <laughs> well, read it and then actually like do it. And, yeah. you know, I think. The, the whole, you know, we, we're digressing into this conversation about the point of like organized church in general. And yeah. I think there's still much validity in rallying people around an idea. And there is much validity in having someone leading the ship mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, staring, staring people, right? And guiding the, the people. The rudder doesn't move itself. And if it does, you got a problem. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's much validity in all of it. It's about the attitude you bring to the table. It's always about that, I think, yeah. in any situation in life. It's about the attitude you bring. And like I, I think for me, the simplest way I've been thinking about it, it's like, what am I going to do with this group of people that wants me to like that, that helps build relationship with them? Yeah. Not just an organization, not just the guy on stage, because ultimately you're a member of a body is what Corinthians talks about. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm a member of a body. So if I'm an arm floating around, like I clearly need to know how the brain, the leg, the spine, et cetera, are doing. Yeah. I can't just look at the guy on stage because he's again only one other part. So yeah, again, d- lots of rabbit trails I can dive down. That's very good rabbit trails in my opinion. I know it's been on my mind. I mean, I'm learning that at the same time that I'm thinking about this rest, silence, solitude. God's enough. Like all these topics have really been helping me grow and really stretched. They've stretched me personally to really analyze. Like, what do I really think about this, and what is what do I, what does Scripture say about it? Yeah. And it, it was amazingly, I mean, I'd read scripture before in this, re- but never with the lens of like the practicality mm-hmm. that Paul and Peter, like they go into some just really basic practical things of what we should all be doing. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like, not hard. It, 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 well, like <laughs> yeah. it's not ca- complicated, but it can be hard. Like, like, okay, yeah. like I, I, agree I, that, yeah. I agree 100% with the practicality of like this person offended me. What should I do? 
tell him? Exactly. <laughs> Speak to them. Yeah. Go say something. I told him that. I told him that I yeah I was really hurt by that and he didn't listen. Make someone else tell him. <laughs> right. Bring somebody with you. <laughs> then what? Sounds like their problem. <laughs> like that is the best synopsis of that passage of scripture it's I've heard. Yeah. What it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's there's practical things in there, which is why church is what it is. Like, there's much talk about gathering together to pray, to sing, to read scripture, to give. You know the yeah. So that all is very biblical, and that's what organized. You know, a little organized church helps people get in the habit of doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's perfect. But we forget the other parts of it that ca- that that mean we need to do something. Yes. Because we don't like God forbid we don't like that we have to stretch and grow. Yeah. <laughs> Because exactly. that part might hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, now we're getting on a soapbox. Yes. We should get off the soapbox. That's a really good idea. What do you want to go out on? What are we going to go out on? I'm glad that I can actually say this and people, are, and people aren't like, what do you mean go out on? Do you listen to the podcast? Do you attend our church? Come on. <laughs> I feel like it should be like BMX or roller coaster or something. <laughs> the BMX roller coaster. Yes. Yes. That sounds good to me. So if you are... On a bike, and you're and you're doing uh, some type of trick, a 360 turn down. We'll say you're gonna have to do an, one-handed to get that hand in the middle. If you are on a roller coaster and you want to put your hand in the middle, don't don't stick it up too high. <laughs> da- Daniel Tosh likes to talk about. Uh, it was can't remember what theme park it was. There's some some kid that like. He was on a ride and his hat flew off, and he's like, "I'm gonna go get my hat." What? So, he, so he hops a fence. Hmm. The fence says, "Like, yeah, don't go in there." That's probably. And then he gets to well. another fence and says, like, "Cut your losses. It's not worth it." This isn't gonna end well, your story. And so he he hops two fences that he shouldn't, and he's like, "I got my hat," and he put his hand in the middle, and then the roller coaster was was running, and then you hear about this girl that shattered her leg. Because she literally punted this kid's head off of his body. So if you're gonna put your hand in the middle, duck. Why did you go there? Because <laughs> roller coasters. Wow, you need to edit that out for sure. No, no, that's that's staying in there. Point, point you being, just, you just ended on the most dark. <laughs> point being, cut your losses. Don't get the hat, but put your hand in, in the, the middle. middle. In solidarity. Yes, and on the count of three, was it BMX roller coaster? Yeah. I said, okay, one. Two, Two, three. three. BMX roller coaster.